as I was laying in the, my living room, slain in the spirit, the Lord showed me a purple castle. Hmm. And it was a puppet stage. And he said, I'm changing your ministry. Mm-hmm. And I am sending you to tell little boys and girls that have been beaten down by the world that they are royalty in my kingdom. God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promise outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us again our friend, Debbie Young, and she is going to continue to share with us her testimony. You will be so blessed at what God has been doing in her life. In the last episode, we learned how he brought her from practicing witchcraft into full salvation. And now we're going to see how God moved in her life to bring her into ministry to children and to preparing and contending for revival. Thanks so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and make sure that you have joined our email lists so that we can stay in touch with you. And we love to hear from you. If you could just drop us a quick feedback, there's a feedback form there, or you can write to feedback at globaloutpouring.org and tell us what God is doing in your life. Tell us how these podcasts have blessed you or give us an idea of something that we can bring. And if you're feeling led to do so to help us pay it forward, we would be very grateful for your help in helping us to keep these podcasts going. We really appreciate that. There's so much out there that you can avail yourself of, and there's teachings out there. And we have our YouTube channel and our Facebook page, and we're broadcasting there every Friday night. So come and join us in some of these other things that we're doing. And today we have with us the second time, our friend Debbie Young, who has been a member for many years. Thank you so much, Debbie, for being with us again today. Well, it's good to be here with you, Sharon and Philip. Thank you for the opportunity to be here once again. Um, I've really enjoyed visiting with you, and I would like to continue my story. We can kind of take up where we left off when I shared my testimony of when I gave my heart to the Lord. Um, I had continued on and continued to grow in the Lord, and I was just very eager to do everything, anything and everything that I could think of that I could do in the kingdom of God. We started going to, my husband and I started going to a really small country church. And in churches like that, they are always in need of workers and teachers. Of course. So even though I had not been saved very long at all, just a little over a year, I was put in charge of an adult Sunday school class. Oh, my. (laughs) And um, And how old were you? I was still a senior in high school. I was Mm. just, I had just turned 18 and my husband had just gotten saved. Well, in fact, we weren't married at the time. We were planning to get married that summer, but we were dating and we were both very involved in the church and he was in charge of the teen Sunday school class. Wow. So 
since neither of us had been raised in church, we didn't really know much. And (laughs) we did not want to stand before those people and not know what we were talking about. So we had to dig into the word and we had to dig into all kinds of different helps that we could find. And you could find us on a Saturday afternoon with uh, on a kitchen table with books spread all over the place as wow, we were studying, you, trying to prepare wow. for the next morning. And wow. I was teaching a class that almost everyone in there had been married for years, and they were much older than myself. My. But that was how we learned, just digging wow. in the Word like that so that we could be prepared. Yeah. That's we just tremendous. Felt We felt like it was Jesus himself asking us to do that for him. So who were we to say no, that we (laughs) that we weren't qualified? You know, let me just comment here, Debbie, that in the days to come shortly, as this outpouring comes in full bloom, shall we say, in full power, there are going to be so many people that don't know anything and it's going to require all hands on deck. Yes, and to disciple them. Yeah, even if you've only been saved a short time. Like there are stories uh, of the revivals like in in, uh, in the Hebrides and in, uh, in, in Wales, the Welsh revival, where somebody gets saved one night and the next morning they're helping other people get saved. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what we can expect in the days yeah. to come. I'm sure it, it will it? be. And the time will be so short that we won't have time to to go to Bible colleges and get all of this <laughs> behind yeah. us before we feel confident enough to stand before people. Yeah. But I'll never forget my husband and I were dating and they put a sign up sheet on the bulletin board of the church for people that would like to help clean the church. And I was so excited to put my name on that paper, and I couldn't <laughs> wait until it, the time came around where I think we signed up for a month at a time. Each person that put their name on there, they were in charge of keeping the church clean for a month. Wow. And uh, Glenn and I went. We were still dating, and we went to the church, and someone told us how to get in and I will never forget standing in the bathroom cleaning the toilet, and I was weeping at the joy that I felt of being able to do that for the Lord. He had yes. done so much for me. Mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. so Beautiful. completely changed my life from utter darkness to this radiant light. And Glory to God. just to do the tiniest little thing for Him was such a, a wonderful privilege. And, you know, I still feel that way. Yes, I do, too. I don't think I've lost a bit of that over the years. Just the the amazing privilege of being able to do something for the Lord because Mm -hmm. he's done so much for us. Yes, he has. So my husband and I were married and we began to uh, raise our family. We had one little girl that was, I think she was about a year old and I had been saved for about six years, I think. And it was on a Sunday night in our church. I just felt like I was going to turn inside out with such a yearning and a longing to do more for the Lord. And the Holy Spirit put a prayer in my heart that night. And I was Mm -hmm. standing in a church with my arms raised. And I asked the Lord to help me to love people more. Mm 
Mm. And I said, I want to love people with the depth that you love people. And I, wow. I remember saying, if you don't answer this prayer, I don't even want to go on living. It was that wow. much of a longing and a deep yearning, a deep, deep, I can't even describe how deep that prayer was. It was mm. like I was turning wow. inside out. And mm. right when I voiced that prayer, I fell to the floor and I was carried into another realm. Wow. And I saw Jesus and he was up above me and he began talking to me. And he said that he had called me into a lifetime of ministry for him. And that wow. would be what my life would consist of. Um, that would be at the forefront of everything that I did, everything that I said. And I said, yes, Lord, I will. And he said, but it will not be easy. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, whatever it entails, I will, I'm willing, I will do whatever. And he said, but it will be very hard. Mm-hmm. It's kind of him to give you that warning. Yes. And I said, once again, whatever, Lord, I will, I answer this call. I will, I will go, I will do, I will say. And then one more time, he said three times. Mm-hmm. There will be obstacles and it will be very difficult. And I said once again, but Lord, here is my life and I give it to you. Mm-hmm. And when I came back to myself, I was under a church pew <laughs> and I don't know how I fell without hitting my head because mm-hmm. I was completely under it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was just totally in another realm. And that was the first time of many that I was taken into a realm of glory that um, is beyond description. Wow. And so I was just in a daze. I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. And <laughs> my husband got me and my daughter home somehow and went into the house. For about three days, I just kind of sat in a daze and couldn't really do anything except speak in tongues. I was just felt wow. like I was wow. still in the glory. And right after that, God started opening doors for us to minister, and we started to be very busy in the kingdom of God. And most of the doors that he was opening for us had to do with ministry to children. Mm-hmm. And um, I took a position that an area that included 52 churches, and I was in charge of um several things that had to do with children's ministry in this wow. in that yeah. area. Wow. And I began to train people in children's ministry and great. Um we had another uh child and then another and we were so busy during all that time in ministry. My husband worked a secular job. Um but he was always right there by my side everything that we needed to do for the kingdom of God. He was so supportive and would be there to help do anything. And he was very busy in the ministry, too. Wow. He was the one that was um, keeping the family afloat with his full-time job. Wow. Mm -hmm. I was doing full-time ministry and trying to uh, have a little, few little odd jobs on the side and raise my family. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, we did that for about 20 years. Wow. And... Along comes the outpouring at the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola. Okay. 
And we were very busy in ministry and, and so passionate about what we were doing. But I felt like there was more. Mm-hmm. And we had an opportunity to go with our church to the Brownsville Revival, and it had been going on for about a year. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just totally wrecked me. <laughs> he totally <laughs> ruined me for Glory the ordinary. Amen. And it would take all day to describe all of the things that he did in our lives, those uh, two days that we were there at the Brownsville Revival. But I will say that when we got back, I began to have these encounters with God every morning in my living room mm. that oh. would last for hours. Wow. And I would just be transported. And every day I'd be just taken to another realm and I would see like watching a movie, a dead, dried looking vine that was didn't look like it had any life in it. Mm-hmm. And a well would spring up under the vine and it would begin to flow and that water would flow and it would make a like a stream and a brook and then a river and that vine would begin to plump up and right before my eyes I could see how that vine would have fruit all over it. They looked sort of like tomatoes, <laughs> but <laughs> the vine would be so healthy and it would be covered with fruit. Glory to God. Yeah. And then about a week after we got back from the Brownsville Revival, as I was laying in the, my living room slain in the spirit, the Lord showed me a purple castle. Hmm. And it was a puppet stage. And he said, I'm changing your ministry. Mm-hmm. And I am sending you to tell little boys and girls that have been beaten down by the world that they are royalty in my kingdom. Mm-hmm. Oh my. And I'm commissioning you to go into the highways and byways and find these precious children that are so lost and so in such a terrible condition. They desperately need me. And so... God completely changed our ministry from that moment on. And I drew the castle and my husband began to buy the supplies and he began to make it. And it took him several months to make this castle. And he made it exactly like the Lord showed it to me. And God said, build it strong, build it sturdy because it's going to go everywhere. Wow. It's going to travel. Uh So about nine months uh, went by. From the first Brownsville trip, and we began to prepare to go again. And this time, my husband and I were going to go by ourselves, and we were going to stay for a week. Wow. Mm. And so he began to work overtime so he could put aside some money, and we would be able to stay for a week. And uh, he put in for vacation. And just before we went, uh, we finished the castle and we launched our new ministry, which the Lord said to call it King's Kids Ministry. Mm-hmm. And so we began to have some services in churches with our castle and with our children's ministry. And we had been doing children's ministry for decades, but this was a completely new level. And the anointing that was in our services was indescribable. Glory to God. So Praise we went God. to Brownsville and When we got there, they were having their Tuesday prayer meeting. And we walked in that building and there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that were just laying all over the floor everywhere. Mm. (laughs) And the glory of God was indescribable. And that began a week of heaven on earth that 
I would have a hard time describing. We would um, get up early every morning and we would go get in line in front of the church at about seven every morning. And the line would already be hundreds of people out in front of the church. Mm, yeah. And uh, every time we were able to get into the main sanctuary, we would meet people from all over the world and visit with them all day long in the line. And prayer meetings would be going on. Singing would be going on. People would be praying for one another out mm. in the parking lot and all down the sidewalk. The services would, would last till way past midnight every mm. night. It was just heaven on earth. And it was building and building all week. And I knew that God had something very, very special waiting for us before we headed back home. Mm -hmm. So we went to the services all week long and then came Saturday. And we were in the Saturday evening service. And at the very end of the service, which the service was just so wonderful, it was time for prayer. And I felt led to go to the front. And it was kind of dangerous to go <laughs> yeah. up to the front because <laughs> you think. could... You could fall out and be stacked three or four people deep yeah. because yeah. it was there the press of the crowd and everybody was being slain in the spirit, but it, it was just glorious. It didn't hurt or anything if you fell and there were people just laying all over. Um, but I went down, a, I got in between a couple of pews and I thought, well, this will be a little bit safer. And I had my eyes closed and I I felt someone touch my forehead and said a prayer for me. And I went down. And as soon as I went down, I saw that vine that God had showed me every mm. single morning for nine months. Wow. Mm. And he said, I planted the seed for revival in you and you nurtured it. You did not abort it mm. and you fed it and you cherished it. And it is time for the full gestation period to be ended and it's time to bring forth revival in you. Mm. And right mm. when he said that, I felt like a birth pain, the urge to push, and I screamed involuntarily. And mm. I know there were people sitting on the pew that I had rolled under a pew <laughs> and there were people sitting there. I don't know what they thought. But I screamed and, and it was felt the exact sensation of giving birth. Hmm. Oh, and right when that happened, it was like a scroll unrolled. And I saw hundreds of those vines mm. and they all had fruit on them. Glory to God. And the field of vines was surrounded by a hedge. And in the back of the the field was an opening in the hedge and there was a rainbow over it. And through that opening was a mighty torrential river that was flowing through that opening and up and down every row of fruit. And I saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fruit on all of those vines. Wow. And it was like the Lord took over my mouth and I was not even knowing what I was saying. And my mouth was moving and the Lord had me say, I know that fruit represents souls. I want to see the souls. Amen. And immediately when my mouth said that, the field was gone and I was standing on a grassy slope. And I, as far as I could see, were hills of grass. And an angel was beside me. 
and I could see people standing all around in groups, like there'd be three people here and four people here and six people here, and they all had on white robes that were iridescent. Wow. And the grass was swaying in the breeze, but it looked, I could tell it was grass, but it didn't look like grass on earth. And I turned to the angel and I said, why does the grass look different? And it said, because there are no shadows in heaven. Amen. Mm -hmm. And every blade of grass stood out. Mm -hmm. And so the angel took me by the arm and we walked up to one group of people and we just eavesdropped (laughs) and listened to their conversation. And they were talking about how they got there. And it was all because of King's Kids Ministry. Wow. And then we went to another group and another group and another group. And every one of them were talking so excitedly about how they got saved and when they got saved and what service it was and and the time of their life that it was. Wow. Hmm. And so then I found myself back. I was still in glory, but I found myself back in another realm on the floor in that church. And somehow it was time for everyone to leave. They would indicate that by start flashing the lights. Yeah. And so everyone knew that it was time to get up off the floor and make their way out. (laughs) If they could. Well, my husband, uh, he said that he kind of kept tabs on me and he knew where I was, even though I was on the other side of the church from where we were sitting. But he saw me go down, I guess. But he came and he he said that he got me off the floor and walked me way out into the parking lot. We were parked very far away. (laughs) I don't remember any of it. We got into the car and went clear across town, went upstairs to our room. I don't recall any, any of this. Wow. What was happening with me was God said, I have now given you an open heaven and whatever you ask then it will be yours. Wow. And Mm, I still didn't have control of my mouth. I didn't come up with the words to say, but I started talking and praying, and everything that I was praying was what he wanted me to ask for. Exactly. Mm, And so I was praying all of these incredible prayers, but the Holy Spirit was praying them through me. Exactly. And I remember about three hours later, kind of coming to myself, And I was laying on the bed, fully clothed in the hotel room. And I was just laying there shaking so (laughs) violently that the whole bed was shaking. Oh, my. And just before I came back to earth, the Lord gave me that scripture in Hosea. I believe it's in chapter 10, where it says, To plow the fallow ground, for I'm coming to reign righteousness. Amen. Mm. Yeah. And so that was the only scripture during all of that time that the Lord gave me. But he said, I'm going to send you back to plow up the fallow ground because I am coming to rain. Wow. wow. So the next morning was Sunday morning and we went to their regular Sunday morning service. Most of the people that had come to attend the revival, revival had already gone back. And I went to the children's services, and my mm. husband went to the regular services so we could get both perspectives. And the children were completely in charge of the services. They mm. their, their children's pastor preached the message, but they were running the sound, the cameras, wow. the <laughs> altars, the prayer, the uh, sweeping the room before the service started of 
you know, just going in intercession in between all of the rows. All the little children were doing this. Wow. And so at the end of the service, I got on my knees so they could reach me and they got around me. And Steve Hill's little boy laid his hands on my forehead and he said, Lord, let this lady from Arkansas take this back to all the boys and girls of Arkansas. Wow. And I don't remember if I was slain in the spirit or not, but (laughs) it was just glory. It was heaven on earth. Hallelujah. And uh, one of the things, one more thing I'll share about what happened that week. One of the days during the day, we would get people to hold our place in line. And then we would go and we would attend teaching like Michael Brown. Dr. Michael Brown was there teaching and different ones were teaching. And one of the days we were able to take a tour of the campus. And as our tour group were walking up and down the halls and getting into all the rooms, we went into their media room and they had a huge cabinet. And they said that inside that cabinet was um, back then it was VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Because this was in the 90s. They said that every service of the revival had been documented and it was on videos. And every video was in those cabinets. Wow. And That's awesome. right when they said that, they opened the cabinets and a wind whooshed out of the cabinets <laughs> and God. knocked us all backwards. <laughs> wow. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's just another sign of what happens in an outpouring. Yes, yes. And that's only a seed form of what's coming. Yeah. Yes. You know, we were having our uh, conventions, our world conventions, and our youth, because we would have a youth, um, you know, Ruth, at the same time. Yes. They were getting so drunk in the spirit, (laughs) you know, because they were, you know, because at the same time, we were were kind of... uh, you know, locked into Toronto. Yes. What was happening in Toronto. And yeah. we never got to Pensacola, you know, because we would go to Israel. Yes. And, you know, quite a bit. They had our suitcases. We put our rollerboards in the lockers and yeah, take we were our flying through Toronto. We're flying to Toronto to Israel. And we would take 10 minutes to get to the airport uh, <laughs> uh, church, the church there and, and get back after the worship, and then you get on the plane and go to Israel. Wow! And we had a lot of tr- lot of trips we took to Toronto, but but the youth in our convention they got so drunk they were taking them up to their rooms. You know, they had them write their room numbers on the back of their badge, and they were so drunk they take them up in wheelchairs and yes. luggage cards, and if there's nobody in the room, they just plop them on the floor and and <laughs> leave them there. The yes. <laughs> It was an astounding move. Yes, mm-hmm. going through our Bible school at the same time here at Ingletal, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, we've never seen anything like that since. But it's coming. Mm-hmm. It is it's coming again. Even it's coming greater, more so, more. much greater. Yeah. Well, right after we got back, I had heard of the end time handmaidens and servants, and mm-hmm. I'm so privileged and blessed that we just lived down the road about an hour from your headquarters. And so we began to kind of make connection and really felt like we were called to be a part of your ministry. And about that time, we were having weekly prayer meetings in the River Valley because God was moving so powerfully. We just didn't know what to do with all of it. Mm. So you just want to... Okay. Explain what is the River Valley? 
because our listeners probably wouldn't know that. Okay. I live kind of in the center of Arkansas, the state of Arkansas. And there's a mountain range in the northern part from where we live. And that's the Ozark Mountains. And then, Mm -hmm. yes. And I live in the area where the Arkansas River kind of cuts through the state and it divides the state with two mountain ranges. The Mm -hmm. one that is in the southern part of the river is the Wachita's. So we live in what we're what's called the Arkansas River Valley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um And it runs clear across the the state, right? Yes, and it kind of um goes down a little ways, but mm-hmm. where we live it's right through the middle, really close to Interstate 40. Yes. Yeah. And I live right in the middle between Fort Smith and Little Rock. There you go. Mm-hmm. But there were so many of us that God was dealing with and we just just going to church Regular services wasn't enough, so we would get together (laughs) and have prayer meetings. Some churches were having prayer meetings every day. God was moving so mightily. So we got connected with the End Time Handmaidens and Servants, and we started a chapter in our area, and we started feeling like God was commissioning us to go on prayer journeys and redeem the land and to just go and do whatever He had asked us to do. And so... While all of that was going on, I had this purple castle and God had commissioned us to find little boys and girls that needed to know that they were royalty in his kingdom. So I ended up getting hired by a church to be on their staff and I was their children's pastor and we had a huge bus ministry. At one time we had five buses. Wow. And we would spend Saturdays going knocking on doors back then. You could do that. Nowadays, mm-hmm. it's not safe to do that. Yeah, but no. we would spend hours with our clipboards in our hands, and we would sign up little boys and girls, and we would pick them up the next Sunday morning and bring them to church, and we would minister to them. And at the same time, we would, uh, my husband and I and my children would go from church to church, and we were holding children's revivals mm. all over the River Valley, and um we would have four night, they called them kids crusades, but mm-hmm. they were really children's revivals. Yes. And we mm-hmm. would experience what you are describing, how the kids would be so filled with the Holy Spirit, they couldn't even walk. Yeah. We would awesome. have vacation Bible schools and we would have to carry the kids and put them on the buses. Wow. They would be so overwhelmed with the presence of oh, God. Glory awesome. to God. Yeah. Um, we were Bussing in on Sunday mornings, we were bussing in sometimes way over a hundred kids. And then we also ministered to the children that their families attended church there. But we would bring anybody to church that wanted to come. And we felt like even though they were having to go back into those environments that were very difficult, we felt like we were sowing seeds of God's word in their hearts and that Uh he would protect that seed. Mm -hmm. We would pray every morning before we sent the buses out, Lord, protect the seeds of your word and let it bring forth a harvest in these children. Amen. And we would go into the, the darkest parts of the area that the children we knew desperately needed to hear about Jesus, Mm -hmm. if you know Mm -hmm. what I mean. Sure. We would go down long country roads, and at the end of the road, you didn't know if you were going to find a meth lab, 
marijuana patches attack dogs, but we would go because we wanted to rescue every single child in our area and tell them about Jesus. And we did this for years and years. Glory to God. We weren't just ministering to children. We were, we were doing training and I was preaching in churches whenever I'd get the opportunity. And then we were going on these prayer journeys on Tuesday nights. <laughs> well, we wanted for the Lord to do just what he was doing in Pensacola. We wanted that to happen in the River Valley. Amen. And we thought, well, it was going to, it was imminent. We thought that it was going to happen very quickly. And so to prepare the River Valley for this, we felt commissioned of the Lord to, um, he showed us exactly what to pray. We had about eight points to pray and we wrote them all down and the Lord commissioned us to drive a van load of prayer warriors into the parking lot of every single church in the River Valley and to pray this eight point prayer. And it was all for revival. Yes, and amen. so that first night that we went, we left at about seven o'clock in the evening and we didn't get finished till about three in the morning. Oh, my. Oh, wow. And we were hoarse because every <laughs> parking lot we would drive into, the prayer would reach a crescendo. It was deafening in the van <laughs> oh, wow. and interceding for that church. And so um, that night we visited 40-something churches, oh my. and we decided that it was way too big a job to do in one night. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the next meeting that we had in our, our branch meeting of the end-time handmaidens and servants, we um, got a map and we looked up every church in a radius of what we kind of felt like the radius that the Lord gave us. It included towns, outlying towns pretty far away, but it ended up being almost 140 churches. Wow. And so we kind of divided ourselves up and we commissioned each group to go to their area that we had commissioned them to go to and to pray this prayer. And what we felt like we were doing in our prayer meeting where God gave us the mandate to do this, he said, make this valley full of ditches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that scriptural? And so, yes. That, not so, everybody knows that scripture. When we set out in the van, we asked the Lord to establish a big road grader on the front of the van. And as we drove through the river valley to each church, we were digging a ditch in the spirit realm Amen. to connect each church so that when the rain comes, Every church is going to be connected with Mm. these ditches that we dug. Beautiful. In the spirit. So, yes, in the spirit (laughs) realm. Yeah. Yes. And so that was something that we did, I believe it was in 1999. Wow. And we thought that it was imminent. Mm -hmm. We thought that it was going to happen then. But what God had sent us back from Brownsville to do was to plow up the fallow ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it was going to be about 25 years of plowing. Wow. Wow. But the years went by and we continued very, very um, intently in our children's ministry with our um, children's revivals and our children's pastoring and our bus ministry. And one morning, I was still having these incredible times of prayer in my living room. And one morning, I got caught up in the spirit, 
I found myself walking around my living room in a circle very quickly, and my hands, God was taking my hands all the way down to the floor and bringing my hands up in an embrace. Mm -hmm. And I was doing this and speaking in tongues as I was praying, and I did this for about 10 minutes with my hands all the way to the floor, bringing them up to hug my arms like hugging myself. And back down and up again and back mm. down and up again. Mm -hmm. And when that was over, I was slain in the spirit in my living room. Mm. And I said, Lord, what was I doing? And he said, I'm going to send you to find little boys and girls that have been beaten so low. And I'm going to use you to scoop them up and bring them up to my embrace. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I wrote all that down in my journal and then I went on my merry way, because I was busy mm -hmm. as I could be in full-time ministry. And Sharon, I went in 2001, I went to Springfield, Missouri, to a children's pastor's conference. Mm -hmm. And there were people there from all over the world. There were hundreds of people there. And I was walking around between services and a booth. They had booths set up for all these vendors and people that sold puppets and object lessons and had ministries. And I passed a booth that was all decked out in purple and gold, mm. and it had a little little royal guy <laughs> with an oversized robe. And I thought, that's just like our yeah. ministry, because our colors were purple and gold and royal, and everything we did was royal. Connect. And so I picked up some pamphlets, and I found out they were going to have a teaching session the next day, a workshop. And so I went to the workshop, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> God did. And I found out, yes, that this was a ministry that started in California, and it had spread all over the world. Wow. And it was called Royal Family Kids Camps. Mm -hmm. And it was a camp for foster children. Oh. It was a spirit-based camp, and they did it in such a way that they got permission from DCFS, DHS, to host it for these children. Wow. And and they researched on how to do it to where they could teach these children Bible curriculum and not cross any boundaries wow. and they could do it legally. Glory to God. And so I was sitting there in that little room listening to this man from California describe this, and I could hear every word he was saying. And at the same time, God was shouting at me. And I thought everybody in the room could hear God because he was shouting so loud. And I was crying buckets and buckets of tears. Wow. And I was making a spectacle of myself. Mm. But he said, this is what I've called you to do. Everything that you've done in your life has led up to this point. Wow. Wow. And I got all the information I could. And I went back to my home church and I talked to my pastor. And he said, we can do this. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless a Tremendous. pastor like that. Yeah. Yes. He had a heart for hurting children. Mm -hmm. And I went to the board and presented it to the church board. And they said, we're going to send you to the training. So my husband and I wow. and another lady went to North Carolina to a camp in progress that next summer. And we spent a whole week there. And we learned all day long. We were in classroom for eight hours every day. And then we observed the camp in progress, and we came back to the Arkansas River Valley. There were no camps like this in the state of Arkansas. Hmm. So we went to DHS, presented it to them. And at first they said, 
there's no way you're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but God, <laughs> these are our kids and you're, you don't know what you're doing. And God led us through a troop and we leapt over a wall. We leaped over a wall and he led us to the right people. Those people that said no were the leaders of our county. And God led us to their supervisor. (laughs) And she was a spirit-filled, born-again Christian. She said, Debbie, I heard of this camp years ago and I've been praying that it would come to Arkansas. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) So we began to raise the funds and we got our camp facility and we trained our people. And that was 20 years ago. And we've been having this camp every summer ever since then, except the year of COVID. And we had a virtual camp that year. And every year we invite every foster child from our area that wants to come between the ages that can be there. And they have the most glorious time of their lives. Wow. And in all of the, the wonderful services I've ever been to, I've never felt the presence of God like I have at that camp. Wow. Because there's nothing closer to God's heart than a hurting mm. child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these kids, some of them have grown up and they have joined our staff. Glory to God. And it has just been the most incredible thing. I'm not the camp director anymore because there's so much to it that I had to hand that baton to a younger couple. But my husband and I were the camp directors for many years. That's awesome. And so now I still have this heart for the hurting. Mm -hmm. And... About seven years ago, I began to go into the county jail and minister to these ladies because most of these ladies in in our county jail would have been royal family kids, Hmm. but we didn't get to them in time. They had hurting hearts when they were children. Some of them had been abused and all kinds of things happened to them, and they've ended up in the county detention center. Hmm. And God is showing us in such a mighty way, how he cares for those those ladies. They're so precious to him. Glory to God. So every week we're going into the jail and ministering to the ladies. And so now as I'm getting older and we've we've stopped moving that big heavy castle around <laughs> I call it the castle hassle because it, castle, yeah. we pack that in the back of our truck probably at least 150 times wow. and it was heavy and sturdy Glenn built it to go everywhere yeah. like the Lord said wow. so now I find myself writing books yes and, you've written several um, children's books ministering yes and I'm if the Lord tarries I hope to write several more. Good. And I have several more books in my heart for adults, and um, we're just enjoying slowing down a little bit. I took care of my mom for five years, and that brings us to today. Yeah. Mm. And I believe that we are about to see that rain yes. Yes. take place that God spoke to me in that hotel room in Pensacola, Florida, when he said, Plow up my fellow ground, for I'm coming to send the rain. Amen. 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 You know, I think it's fascinating. I I meet people and take note of their name and how it fits their calling. And here you are, yes. Debbie Young, and you've been ministering <laughs> to the young. Yes. And 
I believe it's really kept you young and he's going to renew your youth so that you can have the full yes. strength of everything that you need to do everything that he I has believe. for you to yet do. Yes. So tell us how people can get your books. Oh, okay. They're all on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, they can order them through Amazon or they can contact me on Facebook. I have a Facebook site that describes all of the books and there's pictures of them. Yeah. Tell us about what that is. I think it's King's Kids Corner is my Facebook site. All of the books are there and they can get information on how to order them and I could mail them directly or they can get them all from Amazon. But I've written, my first book was Realms of Glory, where I describe some of the encounters that I've had with the Lord in glorious realms. Yes, and yes, you've you've read some of that to me, and I I can hardly <laughs> wait to you know get get more of that, and I think we might have to have you back one more time to talk about that. I would love that, Sharon. Yeah, I think we we definitely need to do that. My second book is There Is a River, and it the first section of the book is a message. The Lord woke me up in the middle of the night in nineteen, I believe nineteen ninety seven, and downloaded a powerful message about what happens to us when we get into the river of God. Mm. And so the first third of the book is that message that he gave me that night. I couldn't even write fast enough. The Holy Spirit was just downloading it on paper. And I've preached it many times in several churches. And then the middle section is all the prayer journeys that God took us on when Mm -hmm. we were doing our End Time Handmaidens and Servants branch meetings. And by the way, that is the original name of this ministry, Global Outpouring. Yes. So we're we're still we're still operating under the name End Time Handmaidens. Yes. Well, we went on several prayer journeys to plow up the fallow ground in the river valley and Amen. to redeem the land. And so most of those prayer journeys are written in that section. And then Beautiful. the third section of the book, the Lord asked me to go all over the River Valley and interview people that were prophetic and that I knew Mm -hmm. that God had spoken to them about the coming revival. And I interviewed them and I wrote all of that out in the third section of the book. Mm -hmm. And then I had a conclusion to the book. So the book is called There is a River Preparing for the Coming Outpouring Revival and Harvest in the Arkansas River Valley. Amen. And I've sold hundreds of these. I've given away hundreds of them. There are thousands of them out there. Wonderful. And uh, we're going to get a booth in the next festival that goes on in our town. And we're going to get stacks of them and just give them away. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful. (laughs) To everybody that passes by. Amen. If they'll promise to read them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is tremendous. And then I, I have written three children's books because we're too old to do our children's ministry revivals anymore. So I'm taking some of my favorite children's messages and I'm turning them into book form. And you illustrate them yourself. Yes, ma'am. I like them. Except one of them was... Um, illustrated by our daughter, who's a photographer. Yes, that one is out of all photographs. But the ones yes. that are illustrated by, you know, with uh, hand-drawn, you've, yes. you've done them. And they're very good. Thank you. Not everybody who attempts to illustrate does a good job, but you have. Thank <laughs> you've you. You've done a tremendous job. And I'm very impressed with what you've got here. And, and we're really looking forward to the time when we can uh, go deeper into your heavenly experiences. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to that, too. 
Okay. Well, would you please pray for our listeners? Because I feel like there has been a stirring in some hearts about so. ministering to children, yes. you know, and contending. You have been a major contender for the outpouring in, in the River Valley. And, you know, so your book, There is a River, is like a handbook uh, in a way for, for giving people a vision for how to contend in their area. Well, that's mm. so I really encourage people to get that book. It's powerful. That's funny that you should say that because I've had, um, at least two groups of people that have contacted me and said, we're using your book as a handbook there you go. and a That's training mm-hmm. training guide on how to do prayer journeys and redeem the land and plow up the fallow ground. Good. And I do feel like that is the case. And recently I was in a revival service and I was asking the Lord, I was saying, Lord, please send this. Please send this revival. You've got to. We're so desperate. How's it going to happen? How are you going to do this? And he said, go read your book. (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) He said, it's going to happen exactly like I told you it's going to happen. And you wrote it down exactly like I told you to. Yes. Yes. You know, there's there's something about prophecy, and I uh, I heard it explained recently, that it's rather like standing on a mountain and looking across to other mountains. And sometimes you'll find that the valleys get filled with clouds and fog. Yeah. And you don't really know how far away that is, yes. how far away that word of the Lord is that has been given to you. And, and we always think it's going to happen to this afternoon You're or tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow or next week. Yeah. And the time drags yes. on. <laughs> and the devil hopes that we'll get discouraged and quit contending. <laughs> well, that'll come back on his head because there's no, that's not even in our vocabulary. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I just want to encourage people that you have a word from the Lord for your life, just like Debbie got a word from God for her life. And I, you know, Philip and I have had words over our lives and we scratch our head and wonder, when is this going to happen? But it's going to happen just as surely. I mean, Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years before the Messiah came the first time and he is yet to come the second time. And it's over 2000 years or about 2000 years since he came the first time. And we're, you know, the people in Paul's time were, were expecting it any moment. Amen. And and we're still in expectation, but it is coming. Don't give up. It is coming. You're just going to keep pressing forward. And whether we see it, whether we see the things that we're expecting to see in our lifetime or whether it's going to be in our children's lifetime or five generations down the road, I don't think it'll be that long. Mm -mm. But, you know, just in case it goes on and on and on, just know it is going to happen. A promise of God is going to happen. As long as we are staying with our minds on him in expectation, we will not fail to see it one way or another. Just expect it. Expect it. Debbie, would you pray for our listeners? Yes. I want to say one quick thing first about children's ministry. Sure. Go ahead. I feel like children's ministry is not a step down, but it is a promotion. Absolutely. When you are commissioned to teach children, you are rescuing people that have their whole life ahead of them. Yes. Yeah. And I think it was Charles Spurgeon that 
went to a revival service. And when he got back, they said, how many were saved? And he said, two and a half. (laughs) And they said, what do you mean? And he said, well, two children got saved and the other one have already lived half of their lives. Oh, my. But we would have our children's services on Sunday mornings and God would move so powerfully. And I would have people come into our facility and they would say, boy, you really missed it. We had a powerful service. (laughs) And I said, how do you know you didn't miss it? (laughs) There you go. We had a powerful service. God can move just as mightily in the children's services. So I want to encourage anyone that you feel like you've been kind of pushed aside and you're just there to babysit. Mm. You can have powerful services with those children. That's right. Every bit or even more powerful than any adult service Absolutely. ever even thought about having. Yeah. Yeah. God longs to pour out His Spirit among the children yes. and to use them in prophecy and, and all of the nine gifts. And he can do it, and he is doing it, and he will do it yes. through you. Yes, absolutely. So let's pray. Lord, we just come to you this morning and ask you, Father God, that whoever's listening to this, we just pray that you would be an encouragement to them. Perhaps they've been in children's ministry for years and they just kind of felt like they were shoved to the back and that while everybody else has church and they're just there to babysit. And I pray, Lord, that you would build a fire in their hearts and set them on fire for what you've called them to do and commissioned them to do. This is a higher calling to reach the next generation and to reach these children. And they don't have to wait until they're grown up to be used mightily of God. In fact, God, I feel like you're going to sweep through the children and the youth first. Yes. And you're going Mm -hmm. to anoint them and you're going to have little children to come up and they can't even reach a person's forehead. Mm -hmm. So they're going to lay their hands on their bellies and they're going (laughs) to prophesy over them. They're going to lay hands on men and women that are going to be healed mightily and they're going to be filled with the Spirit. Yes. It's going to take these leaders that you've called to teach these children and to disciple the children and to rescue little boys and girls that have been beaten down by the world and they've been lost by the wayside. It's like nobody cares about them and nobody wants to pour the Word of God into them. But you're going to commission people to go out into the highways and the byways and you're going to help them to bring these children in. People that are hurting, people that are bound. Yes, I pray, God, that you would commission people even This day, as these people listen to this, that you're calling them and they kind of had a hint and kind of knew that you had called them. But right now you are giving them that unction and that Holy Spirit fire that's burning in them. And you're sending them forth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with His overwhelming, loving presence.